All right. Good morning. Having some extreme difficulties this morning. Let's see if anybody jumps back on here. All right. So to all the folks who uh, who joined me this morning, sorry about the technical difficulties, uh, but we are uh, we're live again. Uh, you know, I don't know if I honestly don't know how to. Uh, I think you guys just get sent another notification. So tell you what, we're just going to roll with it. Uh, you guys can come back and watch it later if you need to. And uh, we got a few people that joined us here. Guys, please let me know if you can hear me this time. I think I got it figured out. There we go. There's Miguel, old faithful. You guys hear me? That was a little bit of a disaster this morning. All right, perfect. Okay, let's do this again. All right, thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. Okay, I'm going to go through the whole spiel again. What the heck, you know? All right. So let me open up my window here. Today we are going to be talking about insuring subject to deals. Uh, last week I got a. Last week I had a, a comment on the in the YouTube channel. <clears throat> Someone was talking about uh, how to insure a, a mortgage wrap, and so some of you may not even know what that really means. But essentially, all we're doing is we're buying a property. And we're talking about subject two today. So all we're doing is we're buying a property subject two, and we are going to then wrap that underlying mortgage and sell that deal to a new buyer. So we have a new buyer come in, someone who's going to be an owner occupant. Uh, we're going to, we're going to wrap the mortgage uh, using an all-inclusive trust deed. And, uh, and they're going to buy the property from us. They're going to, they're going to live in the property. And so how do you ensure that? That's what we're, that's, that's at the end of this, um, kind of towards more, I'm, I'm, what I'm going to do is bring up a, I'll bring up an insurance matrix and, uh, and it's, it's going to, we're going to go through a few scenarios. And the answer to that question is at the, is, is at the end of that, um, at the end of that little, uh, presentation on this matrix. Um, what I want to do here though, is I'm not going to share this out because, um, just because I, I tend to like, if I store something and then I share it out, a lot of times what I'll do is I, I go in and I clean up my files and everything. And so I end up uh, moving files. I've happened to me many times and I spend, you know, hours sometimes trying to trace stuff down. So what I'm going to do is I'll bring this up. And, um, and I know uh, a couple of you are, uh, are students in our program. This will be in the documents library. Um, but for everyone else, all you're going to do is when I bring this matrix up, just go ahead and screenshot it or, um, you know, jot it down, write down whatever you got to do. Um, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to share it out this time. Just, uh, just go ahead and like I said, just take a screenshot. I think if you hit, um, print screen or alt and then print screen on your keyboard, I think you should be able to, uh, uh take a screenshot of this. So, all right, so let me bring this up. Okay, I brought it up. I just want to make sure. I'm sorry. I got to make sure. Can everybody still hear me? Hopefully you can. Uh, I think you can. 
haven't got any responses yet, but uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and walk through this. All right, guys. So here's what we've got. We've got a, this is a, the subject to, these are various scenarios for when you buy property subject to, um, and we're talking insurance here. Okay. So, all right. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Miguel. All right. So I'm going to bounce over to this, um, to this matrix here. And we've got three columns here. These top three columns. There are, <clears throat> there are three things you really need to remember, um, or, or three in any, it really in any insurance policy, there are three things you're going to have to remember. Um, three main, uh, I don't even know how to describe them. They're just kind of, um, uh, they're the three main categories or the three main, um, um, parties to an insurance policy. And in this first column here, we have the owner slash named insured. And that is exactly what it sounds like. When you purchase an insurance policy, whoever the owner is on the, on title, on the deed is who is the named insured inside the policy. So if you go out and you buy a property using a, a, a you know, some form of corporation, whether that be an LLC, a limited partnership, however you choose to do that, that is who will show up on the policy. That is the named insured. And that's the way it should, that's the way it has to be. If you expect to be, uh, if you expect to be covered under the policy. All right. So, um, talk a little bit about this Let me make sure we've got no questions. Okay. Um, we still recommend that if you're going to purchase a property and you're going to do it in an LLC, we recommend one LLC per property. Um, and I'm talking subject to here. So it would be, you know, you buy the property subject to using the, the name of the LLC. You have one bank account for that LLC. Uh, you have one insurance policy for that LLC. Uh, it just makes things a, a lot cleaner and a lot nicer. The problem with doing that is that um, in my state, depending on where you incorporate, if you know, I now know uh, we've been we've been doing business in Wyoming for uh, several years now. But when I first got started, I was buying properties uh, just like I told you, you know, one subject to deal, one corporation, uh, you know, and that's how we would buy them just. And eventually I found out once I finally got all, all caught up on my taxes and everything, uh, it's a whole different story. But once, uh, once we finally got all caught up, I realized we were, we were told that we had to, uh, file 21, 21 or 22 different tax returns for our state. It was rather ridiculous. So we learned our lesson and it was one of the main drivers, um, to us switching to buying in land trust, using trusts to, to buy properties. And so today, the way I have it set up is I have a, uh, I buy every property I buy subject to, I buy it in a land trust. And then uh, my one single LLC that I now manage, that I now own, is the beneficiary in most of those land trusts, probably 92, 93% of those land trusts. Those is the beneficiary is my LLC. Okay. So, uh, that's just a, a little bit of, um, you know, kind of, uh, structure advice, uh, just, it just simplified my life and it made things a whole lot easier to, to manage. So 
All right. So the owner slash the named insured is going to be whoever is on the deed. So it can be a corporation. It can be a land trust. And this is going to, this, this one where it says individual, uh, individual beneficiary is different from the corporate beneficiary. Um, just because we're naming in as a, if we're naming a, the corporation as a beneficiary, uh, there's, it's set up a little bit differently inside the policy. And then, like I said earlier, we've got the mortgage wrap, which was the whole, which is the question that prompted this entire video, uh, which is how do you ensure, how does the insurance policy need to look if you're wrapping a property you bought subject to and you're selling it to a buyer? So let's just go through these. If you buy a property uh, in a corporation, the named insured on that insurance policy will be the name of that corporation. The additionally insured, there's a, what additionally insured is, is basically, it's a, it's essentially whom in addition to the named insured needs to be protected on this policy. That's what additionally insured is. Okay. So in this case, if we buy an A in an LLC, we need to list the manager of the entity of that LLC. And we always recommend that you have manager managed LLCs that you control versus member managed LLCs that the majority controls. So we, we like to, I like to maintain control of all the LLCs that I have ever created. And so that's how you do it. You elect a manager managed LLC. And so the additionally assured on this policy here would be the entity of the corporation, the, I'm sorry, the manager of the entity of the corporation, and then the underlying loan guarantor. So if you buy a property subject to, we all know that you're leaving that mortgage in place. The loan guarantor is the seller. The seller is the seller's name is on that, uh, on that loan. And so whenever you buy a policy, a new declarations page is going to be sent to your new insurance carrier, letting them know that a new policy was, was, uh, has, has been enforced and, um, and it's letting them know that, you know, the terms and it's showing, it's showing the lender who, who is actually insured on the policy, you know, now insured on the policy. And so we have to leave, they are going to want to see the seller's name on that policy. If the seller's name is not on that policy, then it's just, it's, it's as if the, the policy doesn't exist. They're going to just going to kick it back to you. Um, you know, they're going to say, you know, you got to fix this. We don't see the, uh, we don't see the seller's name on here. Or actually in their case, we don't see the borrower's name on here. Uh, so that, you know, in their mind, this, this policy just is invalid period. And this is probably the number one reason for any kind of a, uh, any due on sale, uh, you know, for them to invoke the due on sale clause. This is the num going to be the number one reason why. Um, so named insured as corporate, the manager of the, of the corporation needs to be as uh, listed as additionally insured and the seller who is the loan guarantor. Now the loss payee is different from additionally insured. The loss payee is the lender. So it's going to be the underlying lender. All right. So, um, 
And you may have more than one lost payee. You know, if you're taking over a, if you're buying a property that has more than one loan on it, it has a, has, maybe it has a first position loan. And then it's going to have, maybe, maybe they've, um, maybe they've got a second on it. It's not as common these days, but it still does exist. There might be a second position uh, lien holder on that property. All right. So that's the corporate, that's the corporate side. If we have any questions, guys, you can go ahead and dump them into the, into the chat here. Then we have, if you're, then we have the land trust. If you're buying a, buying the property in the land trust, the, the name of the land trust or whatever name is on the deed needs to be the named insured on the policy as well. And in this case, in this particular scenario, we have an individual versus a corporate listed as the beneficiary. So here are the people, here are the, uh, the different parties that need to be listed as additionally insured um, in this type of in this type of policy. If you're in, if you have an individual beneficiary, the trustee needs to be listed as additionally insured, the beneficiary, which is the individual, and also again the underlying loan guarantor or your seller. And then again, the loss payee on this is going to be the uh, the lender or lenders. All right. In this scenario, we have a land trust where we're listing the LLC or the corporation, however you incorporated as the beneficiary. Um, this is how we set up all of ours. And for reasons that, that I explained uh, earlier, it just simplifies things for us. It makes it so much easier. So we have a land trust. Uh, the corporation is a beneficiary. Here are the parties that need to be listed as additionally insured. It's going to be the trustee of the land trust, the beneficiary. Or, by the way, there can be one more than one beneficiary here. So if there's more than one, then you'll need to list each individual beneficiary uh, on this policy as well. All right. And now since we have a we have an LLC that is the beneficiary, we're going to list the manager of that LLC as additionally insured as well, all right? And then finally, again, we have the underlying loan guarantor or your seller. And then again, the lost payee. And if I didn't explain what the lost payee is, let me do that real quick. The lost payee is anybody that has an open loan on a property, they have an interest in that property, obviously. And so before anybody else gets paid out of this policy, the lost payee is the first one to get paid off. So if there if there's you know $100,000 outstanding balance on a loan, that loan will be satisfied before anybody else gets paid. All right, so that's all a lost payee is. And in this case again, we have an underlying uh, an underlying loan that lender uh, will be listed as the lost payee. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, so let's get down to the original, make sure we've got no questions here. All right. So now we've got the, the original question, the, the, uh, the question that actually prompted this entire video was how do you insure a mortgage wrap? Well, it's a, it's a totally different type of transaction in any of these cases here, 
if we were to, I don't know, any of the, in, in any of these cases, we could, this could be a rental property, all right? It could be a rental property. You could sell or finance it on, uh, say, contract for deed, where you're only giving equitable title. You're not giving legal title. And any insurance carrier, if you're selling on contract for deed, they view that as a rental. So you will need to get a rental policy for those. But a mortgage wrap is totally different because in a mortgage wrap, you are actually giving legal title. So you, what you're doing is you are, you're taking, even if you buy it subject to, and you have an underlying loan, what you're going to do is you're going to use an all-inclusive trust deed and you're going to wrap that mortgage. You can wrap more than one mortgage in an all-inclusive trust deed, by the way, but you're going to wrap that mortgage with another mortgage. Your buyer is going to give you a mortgage. All right. And, and they're going to do it. They're going to convey that via an all-inclusive trust deed. Uh, so totally different transaction. And here's how this is going to play out. <clears throat> you go out and you find a buyer. Uh, your buyer gives you a mortgage, just like I just said. But instead of instead of having what you've become at this point is you have become a lender. You are now extending credit to your buyer by uh, by them giving you this mortgage. You're extending credit to them, and so they are no longer they are no longer. I'm sorry, you are no longer listed as additionally insured on this. Because you're a lender, you are now a loss payee. All right. So the only the only individual since the uh, since your buyer is the named insured, say it's uh, you know John and Jane Smith are the buyers. They're the they're now owner occupants of this property. You bought it subject to. They're buying it from you. They're now the owners because they've given you a they're they've given you a note uh, and they've given you a mortgage. All right. And it's all recorded. So they are now the named insured on that policy. So the only other individual that needs to be additionally insured on here is the, is the, since you've got a, a, an underlying mortgage with your seller that, you know, when you purchased it subject to that name still needs to be on this policy, whoever the borrower was on that underlying mortgage, their name still has to be on this policy. All right. And this, the, and, and their lender is going to need evidence of this, uh, that they're insured, that this property is insured. That's why their name needs to be on this policy as well. It's going to look a little weird because you've got like this, um, kind of this unknown person that's, uh, that's not really in the picture or anything like that. Um, but their name shows up on this, uh, on this insurance policy. But that's just the way it is. I mean, you can't you can't get around it. The the underlying lender, or the lender on the underlying loan, has to see this individual's name. Whoever is the guarantor of that loan, the lender needs to see their name on that policy, and that's just the way that it goes. So now that you are a lender, you are now a loss payee. But since you have an underlying loan that you've taken over subject to or, or property you've taken subject to, there is precedence that, that your, your lender, your original lender will get paid first. They are in, they're in a, a, a primary, they're your primary 
loss payee. Okay, this should really say primary, uh, but it doesn't. So they are the primary loss payee. So something happens, the property catches fire, it's destroyed, claim is filed, insurance is paid out. The underlying lender the on the original loan is going to be paid first. So if there is a $100,000 balance on this loan, on this underlying loan, but you sold the property to your buyer for $200,000, that first $100,000 is going to go to this first lender, this primary lender. Then the other $100,000, if if the balance that your buyer owes you is uh is 200, the 100 is going to be paid first to the underlying lender, then you will be paid the other 100. Okay? So you will be in second position. The underlying lenders in first position, you're going to be in second. And I don't really like to call it first and second position. It's really primary, secondary, uh, and that's how it's going to show up on a declaration statement. So um, one point of interest here is that I would not recommend that if you are going to wrap, if you're going to do a mortgage wrap, I wouldn't recommend that it's that the land trust, if you decide to purchase the property in a land trust, I wouldn't recommend that the land trust be the one extending credit. The whole idea behind a land trust is, well, one of the, one of the major benefits is anonymity. And so the problem with a land trust extending credit becomes, well, now the land trust is going to be uh, accepting or taking payments on installments. And now the land trust has to go out and get an, uh, an EIN. They've got to file a tax return. The trust does. So you really, that's not, not very desirable. What you, what we really recommend is that you set this up like this, where you have a land trust, where your corporation, your LLC, your limited partnership or whatever is the beneficiary. And the beneficiary is the one extending credit to the buyer. All right. So uh, that's the cleanest, easiest way to do it. You only have to file one tax return that way. And, um, and by the way, we do business in Wyoming and Wyoming, there is no corporate income tax and there is no individual income tax. So guess what? We do not have to file any state income tax anywhere when we, when we create a Wyoming LLC and we list that LLC as the beneficiary of this land trust. So, all right. Is that clear? Is that clear as mud to everybody? Everybody get that? Anybody have any questions about that? I'll do a quick little recap here and, uh, I'll try and make it quick because I know this can be, uh, uh, this is a, this is a sleeper. This could make you go to sleep a little bit, but, um, all right. So again, named insured, that is whoever's on the deed. That is the exact name that has to appear on the insurance policy. The additionally assured are any other interested parties that, um, that have a financial interest in the property, the loss payee, Obviously, they have a financial interest in the property because they lent on it or they extended credit on it. So, um, so yeah, that's how you set it up. I don't know. Um, the original person, 
I don't, I don't see anything in the comments here, but the original person that asked this, um, if you have, if you're on here and you have any questions about this, you let me know. Um, otherwise you guys can throw all your questions in the comments and, and, uh, you know, we do read those things. So, all right. Clear as mud. Everybody got it. Give me a thumbs up or a yes or a no. Yeah, well, actually, actually, Scott, that's a good question. That wasn't, um, that fire loss was actually, that was a seller finance deal that wasn't, so that property was owned free and clear and we gave them a note and a, and a mortgage. So that's, it's not the one that this happened on. Um, and so, and, and also that's a four family. We didn't wrap that up. We didn't, we just gave them a, a, a mortgage. So we didn't do any kind of mortgage wrap on it. Um, as far as an example, I don't do too many mortgage wraps because I don't like to give legal title as well as equitable title to my buyers. I like to do things on a land trust. I'm sorry, on a land contract, not a land trust. Uh, so, so contract for deed. Uh, I really like to, um, if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to finance someone, it's going to be on contract for deed almost 99% of the time. Uh, mortgage wraps. I would venture to say that the individual that asked this question is might be from Texas. I don't know, but uh, Texas is, they are known for uh, making this incredibly difficult to, uh, like you, you know, lease options are virtually non-existent down there. They're tough to do, uh, but they're probably, they're probably more prevalent than eat than, than contract for deed because contract for deed down there is very tough to do. Very hard to do. There are a couple other ways you can get that done. Uh, you don't necessarily, if, if you happen to be in Texas, you don't necessarily have to do a mortgage wrap. Um, there are cleaner ways. Maybe, maybe that's a topic for later, uh, for a later video, but, um, so yeah, that's to answer your question. I don't do it. I don't do these. Um, I do, uh, I do contract for deed on mine, but if I were, then this is how it would be done. So, all right, guys, does anybody have any questions on this at all? Let me see if I can. I know it can take a little bit of time to, uh, to type things out, but, uh, I'm going to give you about 15 seconds and then I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and end the video here. All right. Thanks, Miguel. Appreciate that. All right, guys. Well, I think that's going to do it. I hope that, uh, hope that helps out. Hope that clears some things up. Um, insurance is, uh, like I said, in the very beginning, it is not something you want to play with. It is a, uh, you know, if you're, if you're listening to folks that are trying to find these backdoor ways of, uh, of insuring those properties that they buy subject to, I would just, honestly, I just change the channel, uh, because it's not good advice. Whenever you have, whenever you, uh, whenever you buy a property subject to, you just have to get a new policy and that's the best. It's probably the best thing I can offer. Um, despite this, this little matrix here, by the way, did everybody get a, get a picture of that? If you didn't get a picture of it, let me know. I'll throw it back up there. But, uh, but yeah, back to, 
the importance of just getting a new policy. It's just, um, I would not fool with it. I would, uh, I would definitely uh, just plan on getting a new policy, just be done with it. It's so much easier. Uh, it, and if it's set up correctly, you're not going to have any problems. Um, and, uh, as far as choosing insurance, I would, I would recommend you go local first, um, until you get into a situation where you have multiple properties. If you have a lot of, you know, if you've got a, a nice, nice size portfolio, um, you could even then still keep it local, but, um, we use a company, um, they do all the underwriting. It's a broker for, uh, for Chubb, Chubb European and, um, and Lloyd's of London. And they do a real great job for us. We've filed a couple of claims with them. It's been, it's been fine working with them. And um, the good thing about working with folks like this is this company actually has an online portal. I can, I can go in and set these insurance policies up myself and it's lickety split. No, no problems at all. But uh, all right, guys, I think that's about it. I think I'm going to uh, go ahead and end this one and, and begin my Sunday. So, Hope you all have a good uh, remainder of your weekend. We'll see you next time. And uh, don't forget, you know, if you guys aren't, uh, I'm sure you guys are all like, liked and subscribed. Obviously, you wouldn't have been notified. Uh, but if you got anybody out there that's uh, looking for good advice on this type of stuff, uh, feel free to mention our name. We'd appreciate it. All right, guys. Take care. Have a great one. We'll see you.